Our scripture reading today is a little bit short, so I'm going to ask you first to hear it, and then to say it with me, and then to personalize it. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Now read that with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Now personalize it. Those of you who are in Christ can say, Therefore, since I am in Christ, the new creation has come. The old me has gone. The new me is here. God bless the reading of his word. Happy New Year, church. (laughs) Please open your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Turn your devices there, however you get there, but Deuteronomy chapter 30 is where we're going to be headed. I want to start by telling you about a young couple. They lived in a small town, and they had tried and tried to get pregnant, uh, but just had not been able. Finally, they went to see a specialist in a large city, and they got some very, very discouraging news that it looked like uh, she would be unable to have a child. Well, as they drove away, they decided to go to their little country church's pastor, and um, their pastor was a vocational minister. He ran a gas station during the week, and he preached on the weekends. And they went and told him the news that they had received and asked for prayer. Well, the pastor grabbed a can of three-in-one oil and anointed her head and then prayed for healing. And lo and behold, nine months later from that very day, she gave birth to triplets. <laughs> so when they got out of the hospital, they drove straight to the gas station and The new mom jumped out of the car and she gave the pastor a huge hug, let go of him, stepped back, and then went back and gave him another huge hug. She said, the first hug is for praying that I would get pregnant. The second hug is for using three-in-one oil instead of (laughs) WD-40. At the top of my journal for 2017 is Make Wise Choices. And there's one primary choice that I am making this morning I want to share with you in a few moments. And I don't know how you spend the week between Christmas and New Year. Um, But for me, it has special significance. Uh, It's the week that I do probably more reflection and goal setting for my own personal life than any other week of the year. And it's a time for me to stop and reflect on both the choices of success and the choices of failure and the choices that I really don't know which, giving all of it uh, thanks for God because I've learned uh, that you can learn from both the choices that have failed and the choices that have succeeded. It's a time to look back for me, but it's also a time to look around. It's a time for me to reflect on areas that need attention right now, areas of weakness that need strengthening, areas of new growth that need attention and nurture, even areas of deadness that need a little bit of pruning. And it's a time to look ahead, to see what may be coming on the horizon as best as I can to prepare for that. But no matter whether I'm looking at the past or whether I'm looking at the present or whether I'm looking ahead into the future, most of what I'm analyzing are just choices. Choices. Some I had nothing to do with. 
most of them, gratefully, I had a great deal to do with. And all of that thrills me. I like that ratio. That there are some things that I simply have no influence on, but there are many things that I have a great deal of influence on, which is why the words of Moses that he shared with the nation of Israel right as they were about to enter the land of promise are the same words that I want to share with you as we... The battery's dead. There we go. Oh. There we go. As we enter into a brand new year. This is the day that I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now my hope is you choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to His voice and hold fast to Him. Because the Lord is your life. Now, I think many of you know the setting of that, probably noting that the end, that's in, in, the end of Deuteronomy. And I'm sorry for not changing that. And I don't know how different it is than where we stand on the brink of 2017. Now, Moses is about to go and be with the Father. Who knows? I'm fixing to head on vacation. This may be the last time I'm ever with you. We just don't know. We have no idea what 2017 holds for any of us. But Moses knows he's about to go be with God. He's not going to get to take the people of Israel into the land of promise. Joshua's going to do that. But in a nutshell, what he's trying to say to the folks in the verses of Deuteronomy 30 preceding this is, here's what God's done to free you. Here's what God has done to equip you. Now you get to choose. Are you with him or not? And I see a similarity in that because I think most of you know in this room that God has provided for you. I think most of you know what he's done to equip you. And I think most of you know what he even expects of you. The question is, is do you choose him back? Are you going to choose in 2017, like the nation of Israel on the brink of entering into the promised land, will I choose Him? Or really, will it be a, a year where I choose me? There's a primary choice that I'm going to make this year that I want to share with you. It's already up on the screen. That's my choice. I choose on the brink of 2017 to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I choose that. Now, it really has about nine parts to it, and I want to share those with you, but, but there's a choice that I want to make this year, that, and I'm not going to get into things that I want to do in regards to marriage or, or losing weight or, or, for me personally, working on my short game or any other of the goals that I have in my life that I want to give some attention to. I have one major choice, and it's this one on the screen. I choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that can be about as nebulous as anyone standing up here and saying, you know, I want to be a better person this year. Or I want to be a more godly person. You know, I've just been convicted by God through Scripture and through the songs and through people that I've been around. I just want to be more holy this year. It can be about that general. And so I want to be as specific as I possibly can. But I want to say something before we go into what those nine parts look like. It's a reminder from Paul 
who said those previous words about being filled with the Holy Spirit, hoping that the church at, at Ephesus would choose that as well. He says, I want you guys to understand, you need to choose carefully. Choose carefully how you're going to live. Don't do it as unwise people, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are like an adversary. The days are evil. It's almost like they're against you. So don't be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. And some of you go, man, I would like to know what that is. Well, don't get drunk on wine. That leads to debauchery. Don't fill yourself with things that intoxicate and numb and take you away just to escape because that just leads to moral failure. But instead, here's the encouragement. Here's the will of the Lord. You be filled, church, with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or in a nutshell, would you choose to be filled with the Spirit this year in 2017? You're going to be faced with a lot of choices. You've made a lot of choices already, and we're just barely into 2017, but you're going to be faced with many, many more. And so Paul's encouraging, and I'm encouraging because Paul encourages us, choose wisely. Don't do this flippantly. We've had a brand new year in front of us. We have a chance. We have an opportunity to choose wiser than we ever have before. And we can, as a church, choose together to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can, as a church, choose that. Now, there's a lot of things you can't choose. You don't get to choose how handsome you are. You don't get to choose how great at athletics you are. You don't get to choose how intelligent you are. Now, you can work with those things, with how you look and how fast you are and, and how intelligent you are, but, but I don't get to choose the IQ that's at the core of who I am as a person. But I get to choose something that matters more than how I look or how I think or how fast I run. I get to choose whether or not I invite God to have me. And for me to follow Him. And I think that's a much bigger choice. I get to choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what that means is specifically are nine things. Number one, I get to choose to love. And I want you to know this. I choose this year, I choose to love. To not insist in my own way. Yes, to bring the passions of what I think and believe to the table. But not to insist that I have to have my way. To try as often as I can to put others above myself and not be arrogant or boastful when on a few occasions I do get my way. And things go the way that I ask them to go. But when they don't, I'm not going to be irritable. I'm going to bear with tough relationships instead of dumping them. I'm going to believe that people have the power to change and me along with them. I'm going to hope that God can do all things to the worst of situations. The worst of them. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 is where most of those words come from because it's where God says this is what loving looks like. It looks like not insisting in its own way. It looks like not being arrogant. It looks like not being boastful. It looks like bearing with and believing and hoping. And so that's what I want to be this year. Really all I want to do is follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. We are loved children. Amen? 
So we want to follow his example and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice. I choose love. And I choose joy. And friend, if you haven't learned it by now, please know, joy is a choice. We spent a lot of time in the last six weeks purposefully on and around this subject of joy. Paul says in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say to the church, you rejoice. James 1 and verse 2 says, count it all joy, brothers and sisters in Christ, when you meet various trials. I hope if you've learned anything over the last couple of weeks, you've learned this. You choose joy, it does not choose you. That's what we've been learning through the Word of God. You choose joy, it does not choose you. One thing that I know is going to choose you this year is challenges. They're coming. <laughs> Sorry. You had them last year in 2016 in my, this church, and maybe you individually face some incredible challenges. And you're going to face some this year. You're going to face some tests. You're going to face some trials. Some of you are going to struggle. And some of you are going to face the tragic. We just have too many people represented, even though a quarter of our church is on vacation right now. Too many of us here. Some of us are going to experience all those things. Trials, struggles, tragedy. But here's what I choose. I refuse to let life and hardships that come my way make me cynical. I refuse. I refuse to let the circumstances of my day that are going, in my estimation, poorly to get me down and to allow them to cloud out all the things that are good and blessed in my life. Someone once said, cynicism is the option of lazy thinkers. I tend to agree. And I choose not to go there. I will look at every person as a unique gift of God placed in my life to bring about the fullness of His plans. I can choose joy, and I intend to. Because I know that God is in every part of my life, good and bad. And so I'm going to look for every circumstance and at every trial as a gift and a victory for what God wants me to see. No matter how it presents itself, I choose life as a celebration, not some kind of jail sentence. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 15, the wise Solomon said, So I commend the enjoyment of life. Because nothing is better for a man under the sun than to eat and drink and be glad. Then joy will accompany him in his work. Then joy will accompany him in his work. Then joy will accompany him in his work. All the days of the life God has given him under the sun. I choose joy, but I also choose peace. I've got to confess I've been too anxious this year about too many things. How about you? I found myself waking up at night in one of those cold sweats far too often. Once is probably too often. But I've woke up many times fearing something isn't going to work out, something's not going to get done, something's not going to get completed. Not this year. I'm going to choose to trust more and not be so afraid of failing. That fear is constantly with me especially when I step up here, that some way, somehow, I'm going to let you down with this incredible, precious time that you give me to listen to the Word of God and to share it with you about how we can grow in Christ. I'm trying to be at more peace with myself, but I'm also trying to be more at peace with others. And so as long as it depends on me, I'm not going to let the sun go down on my anger. I did that last year. 
As far as it depends on me, I will live as if I've been forgiven of every poor, bad decision in my life. Because you know what? I have. First John chapter 2 and verse 9 says, If I confess my sins, He's faithful and just to forgive them. Well, guess what? I've confessed them. That means He's faithful. And He's forgiven them. They're gone and He's forgiven yours. So I want to live like I believe that. And I need for you to believe it with me and to live it with me. Because not only do I want to receive that forgiveness, I want to be able to forgive it. And God says, I can't give what I don't receive. And I'm going to be so much more forgiving than I was last year. Not because Jesus says I have to, but because He's so graced me. He's just so graced me. And so I choose peace. Jesus says, good, because I left it with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled. And church, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I choose peace. But I also choose, and this one's a tough one, patience. <laughs> Thought about this alone. I choose patience. Even though I do not like to be patient. I am not going to live on a short fuse this year at the inconveniences of every day. And there are some in every day. I will instead anticipate them, looking for God to reveal through them the flesh that still happens to be inside me. I'm going to believe that people are trying the hardest they can. <laughs> we walked into uh, Del Norte the other night. We were going to have some dinner. And um, they had a birthday party for someone who was obviously 60. I'll tell you about that a little bit later. And I mean, one side of Del Norte's was just packed. And we thought, well, okay, they've got this thing handled. They're still welcoming people in. They didn't have that thing handled. And we waited. And we waited. And we waited, and we waited. Did I tell you that we waited? There's a reason why they call them waiters, because we were waiting. Seemed like all night long. And God had me preparing this sermon, and so I was believing this waitress is doing the best she can, and you know what, the people in the back are doing the best they can. And I had a better evening waiting than I have in a long, long time. I want to have patience. I choose patience. I choose to be patient because God has been so patient with me. How about you? <laughs> it's been so. Could he have gotten impatient with you this year? Yeah. So let's choose patience together. When I'm forced to wait for something, I'm going to look for what God is doing in his own time, believing he's always on time, even when others are not. So I choose patience. And I promise you this if I choose patience, it's going to be tested. Hebrews 6 and verse 12 promises it will. Paul, the writer there, says, We do not want you to become lazy. This is why you get tested all the time in your patience, because you'll get lazy. We don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. It's one of the ways God's going to grow you up, is by teaching you patience. I choose kindness. Specifically, I want to be a blessing to those who haven't had as many opportunities to be blessed as I have. You run anybody like that? If you haven't, I promise you will in 2017. You're going to run into folks who haven't been near as blessed as you are. Would you please show them a little kindness? I'm going to do my best to be polite to those who are impolite. I'm going to do my best to be encouraging to those who are discouraging. I want to make it a point to give people what they need, not what they deserve. I want to be like this old Scotsman that I heard about. This old Scotsman was walking through a field and he sees a man drinking water from a pool in his hand. 
Think about that. Walking through a field, guy sees another guy drinking water from just a pool in that field, and the Scotsman shouts out, I feel holy, that's a hunda, shun. I probably didn't do that very well, but it means don't drink the water, it's full of cow poop. And so the man shouts back, I'm English, please speak English, I don't understand you. And the Scotsman shouted back, use both hands, you'll get more in. And that's just tacky, why'd you laugh? Because it's funny. Until it's you. A guy drinking out of a pool in the middle of a field deserves to get whatever's in that pool, right? He ought to know better. I don't want what I deserve. I want what I need. And I've received that from Christ, haven't you? So I choose this year to be kind. Titus chapter 3 and verse 4 says this, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of the great things, the intelligent things, the smart things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth by the renewal of the Holy Spirit. I choose kindness, but I also choose goodness. The girls brought us a Nicolas Cage movie, Family Man. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it, but I recommend it for mature audiences. It's not a rated R movie, but it definitely has some mature scenes in it. But it has some great scenes in it. There's one of them. Nicolas Cage is walking into a convenience store. He's picking up some rock salt. And Don Cheadle, who is an angel of sorts, is behind the counter and he's working as a convenience store clerk. And there's this girl who is in line checking out in front of Nicolas Cage and she's buying something that cost about 90 cents. And she hands Cheadle a dollar bill. Well, Cheadle takes out $9 from the register and 10 cents and starts counting it out for her. The girl sees that he's giving her change for 10 when she gave him a dollar. You can tell by her eyes and she doesn't correct him. She kind of looks up, gathers the stuff kind of sheepishly and starts heading for the door. And Cheadle just waits. Nicholas Cage wants to say, he says, no way. And she gets to the door and she looks at the handle and looks back. And then she pushes on through. And Cheadle says this, do you see that? She was willing to sell her character for $9. Nine dollars. How much did you sell yours for? In 2016. We all did. I choose in 2017 to go without a dollar before I ever steal one. I will live with integrity in my life even when nobody's watching. I will confess my own faults even when it's tempting to point out yours so that I don't get the blame for it. I choose goodness. I choose goodness. And then I choose faithfulness. I'm going to keep my promises even when doing so costs me greatly. To those who I am in debt, they will not have to regret their trust in me. My wife is not going to have to doubt my love. My elders are not going to have to doubt my integrity. My friends are going to not have to doubt my loyalty. As best as I possibly can choose, I choose faithfulness. Psalms 37 verse 3 says, It's my life verse, trust the Lord. And do the next right thing. I need it that simple for me. Trust the Lord. And just do the next right thing. I want to do that. I choose gentleness. When I'm faced with offending possibly someone because 
the situation calls for me to, to rebuke or to correct someone, I choose, instead of having anger as some kind of a petty goal to put them in their place, I choose to help them be in a better place, even though correction and rebuke may be needed. I'm going to praise with more intensity than I rebuke. Don't have kids at home anymore. But some of us do. Can I ask you a question? Do they know that you praise with more intensity than you rebuke? Please be more gentle. If I curl up a fist for an enemy, I hope it's to pray instead of punch. No, I choose to pray instead of want to punch. If I make ultimatums, it's only going to be for me and what I want to tie myself to, not others. And then lastly, I choose self-control. My, our world is out of control. How is your life? Would you say that you've got it reined in pretty well? Uh, you, you, you've got that, that's, you're, you're right in the middle of the lane? Steering pretty straight? Staying out off the roads and out of the ditches? Here's the encouragement of Peter. Uh-oh, went too far. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like Him. Think of your sufferings as, as weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. Better behavior start with better thinking. We know that. And so if I want to experience self-control, I've got, to, I've got to remember what Paul says in Romans 1 through 2. I've got, to, I've got to choose to think differently. I'm not going to be conformed to the rest of the world and how they think. I'm going to choose to think differently. If I'm drunk on anything this year, I want to be drunk on his joy. <laughs> if I'm addicted to anything this year, I want to be addicted to his pleasure. If I'm out of my mind this year, I want to be addicted to his faith. God's calling us to something unique and different. And I'm trying to find my way in the slides there, so forgive me. Let me ask a question that's going to be in the uh, going deeper questions. I'm just going to ask it here because you can't respond like they're going to on Wednesday night. Do churches have personalities? Do churches have as kind of a whole things that they both excel in and are weak in? Sure they do. Just go read the book of Revelation, right? And he'll give a list there of what's going on with some of the churches that he dearly loves. And they have a personality. They as a whole have, have a place that they're going in that God can measure. Here's what, you, here's what you're doing well. Here's what you're not doing so well. So let me ask us as a church, how are we doing with being filled with the Spirit? I really would like for you to give some thought to that in 2017. And would you... Be a part of being a church that at the end of this year is more full of the Spirit than it's ever been in its life. Would you do that with me? I'm trying to make that choice for me personally, but I can't make it for you. If you are, then you've got to go through four things. Um, here's the picture of the apple. Here's, it's really this kind of a picture. I, I can't do any of this stuff that I said. I'm choosing to take aim at that. I'm choosing to make that a priority in my life. But, but all, I, all that is is just a seed. It's a seed. And you can choose to plant a seed, can't you? But you can't grow one of those apple things. 
You can even get one of those little trees and you can put it in there and start there. Not with the seed, but with a little tree. But then you've got to water. And then you've got to fertilize and you've got to take care of. You've still got to do some things, but you still can't produce one of those apples. That mystery and that power comes only from God. Only from God. And so anything that I'm sharing this morning only comes from God. These fruit, this, this fruit that I'm speaking of can only come from the inside out, but it starts with the seed of a choice. And so I choose. I choose this year to be filled with the Spirit. And again now, there's those things that are going to come out. I don't have a clue what that thing is in the middle of that. That is the neatest little slide. There it goes. I choose love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I choose those things from my life. But God's the only one who can do them. But He does need me to choose. Now, here's what that's going to look like. Will you be honest with what you're filling your life with? See, I don't know what you did with this last week. For me, it's kind of a, a rhythmic thing for me. That week between December and January is a time that I stop to think, what in the world am I taking aim at? As I look back on the wake of the boat there, what, what kind of looks like that I have I focused on and made a priority in my life, I just do that. So start there, be honest. What are you filling your life with? Secondly, be engaged in prayer. Here's a promise I'm going to make you from Luke chapter 11, verse 13, from Jesus himself. God wants to give generally the Holy Spirit to anybody who asks him. Have you been asking at all? Will you please fill me with your spirit? He'll do it. The third one, be preparing to be filled. Be preparing. Um, there's a great class that's going on. Don Lawrence is teaching. Not Donnie Lawrence. Don Lawrence is teaching. And it's a very specific course that your elders have put in place that rotates. It's one of five courses in which we hope to develop disciples over a period of a two-year, two-and-a-half year period of time. This one's on the Holy Spirit, who He is and how you get filled with Him. How He impacts your life. And I'm asking this, if you don't have a clue how to be prepared to be filled with the Spirit, Don can help you. Because he's in there sharing his heart about the journey he's on, moving out of being dependent upon himself to what it looks like to be dependent upon the Spirit. He's actually sharing his journey and the Word about how you can be. And then the last one is this. I want you to, to not leave here today without the assurance you can start being filled with the Spirit today. Because it's not based on who you've been or what you've done. It's based on what you want to see in the future. And if you want to see your life full of more love and gentleness and kindness and patience and faithfulness and joy, if you want to see your life filled, you need to fill it with saying, Jesus, I confess that I, I can't do this by myself. And I believe you that my sin has caused such a great Divide between us that you had to come personally in the name of Jesus Christ and die on the cross so that he could take what I deserved and so that I could get what only he could give. I believe that. And I want him in my life. I don't know how, but I want to make room for him in my life. And I want you to forgive me like you promised you would if I would confess that. You can start that today. And if you've already done that... <laughs> then like Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, you can say, all right, I've got the presence of the Spirit, but I don't know that I've, I've really desired to be full of Him. 
I desire. I choose. Now God help me prepare for how to do this. And you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because God promised in Luke eleven thirteen, He gives generously to people who ask Him. And who seek Him. And who hunger after Him. So, what do you say, church? That we make 2017 the year that we were more filled with the Spirit than we ever have before. Are we in? I hope so. Your preacher's in. And you can hold me to it. I'm trying this year to purposely say, if there's a choice I make, it's to be filled with Him. Because I choose life. And I choose to believe that life's in Him. Father in heaven, we love you. And I pray that if you brought people here today who need to make the decision to let you forgive them, wash them clean, fill them with your spirit, that they will have the courage to step out of the aisles in a few seconds and walk down here and start their lives over and step into the best life possible. If you brought a brother or sister here today who you've convicted and they've not been living to be full of you, they've been living to be full of what they want, not you want. Please help them have the courage to find an elder at the back or me here at the front or one of the elders here and just confess that. And let's start this year, God. Please help us as a family to not just say amen, yes, we will, sure, sure, sure. But God, beginning with me, beginning with our elders, would you help us lead a church that others see as kind of weird and kind of odd because they're not vengeful? Because they're actually kind. Because they, they, they seem to be full of joy. And they're so patient even when, when difficult, annoying things happen. And they're so gentle with people. Father, we realize you haven't called us to be weird. We will be weird if we, if we allow you to do those things inside of us. Because the world is so vengeful and it's so prideful and it's so arrogant and it's so self-centered. Please help us not to look like that. Help us to look more like Jesus this year than we ever have before. We ask it humbly in His name and everyone said, Amen. We're going to stand and sing a song about how great He is and only a great God could pull off what we've just said we're going to commit to. Let's stand, let's sing it.